Welcome to Healing Hearts, empowering critical care providers. The information provided in this podcast is general in nature and is intended as a training tool for Children's Hospital and Medical Center personnel. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Complete information regarding the podcast, including its limitations on usage, is available under the episode description. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Healing Hearts podcast. Today, we have a special episode on financial well-being as a part of our wellness series. Just a reminder that the information in this podcast is not a substitute for professional financial services. I'm Sarah Wheeler, our employee well-being manager, and I am joined by Rebecca Crawford, who oversees our financial well-being. So Rebecca, welcome. And can you start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself, um, your ground, and why you have such a passion for our employees and making sure that they are financially well? Yes, so I'm Rebecca Crawford. I am a senior benefits analyst here at Children's Hospital and Medical Center. And as well, I also have the privilege of working on our wellness team of overseeing financial wellness. So my experience is in HR, human resources. So I've been doing benefits for about 10 years. And the reason I love it is because it does have an impact on our finances. But a lot of people aren't aware of the impact because you don't really notice it until you have to use it, until you have to pay for a benefit, then you realize, oh, I really should understand what I'm paying for. So personally, I just love talking about finances. I'm not a financial advisor, not certified to give financial advice, but I love the opportunity to help people to think about their finances in a better way because a lot of us weren't taught how to manage money. We weren't taught probably more than just how to balance a checkbook if we even got that in junior high or high school. So My approach is I really want our employees to know that we have resources available to help them so that they can feel confident in dealing with their finances. Pat, well, we appreciate you coming to talk to us. I think a lot of times when people think of the well-being dimensions, they think about more physical or more traditional dimensions, and I think it's important to point out that financial is a part of a whole person and, you know, an aspect that can kind of affect, you know, your emotional life or your relationships. Let's kick off by just kind of talking about having a plan for your finances and why does that matter? Why is it important? Um, And how do you go about kind of creating a plan? I mean, you do a plan for just about everything we do in our life. You know, you want to go on vacation. Where are we going to go? You want to go out to dinner. Where are we going to go? You want to um, go back to school or start a new career. Everything starts with a plan. But when it comes to finances, I think everyone's plan is like a giant question mark of, I don't know. And so I think the first thing we really have to talk about is what are our financial goals? What do we want to accomplish? Is it that we want to pay off some debt? Do we want to go to school? Do we want to buy a house? And then also with those goals, maybe relieving some pressure that all of them don't need to be done right now. Because sometimes that is even part of the plan to fill in the stress of, oh, well, I can't do all of this right now, so I just won't do any of it. So I notice a lot of It's like an all or nothing approach when it comes to finances, where it's like, if I can't do all of it, I just won't do any of it. So part of the big thing for planning is like, first of all, figuring out what your goals are. And then secondly, let's figure out where you are. So in order to figure out where you are, you need to evaluate what are all my expenses? What is everything that hits my bank account, my credit cards, my Apple credit, if I have it, my Venmo, my 
what, Apple Pay, all these different ways that we get money in and out of our accounts. Where's, where's it all coming from so that we can compile what's going on? And then we have to figure out what's coming in. So what's coming in from my paycheck, from um, any other money that I'm earning, whether it is through money I'm earning on the side, money I may be getting through an ex-spouse, child support, all these things that we get money in. It's figuring out where it's going out, what's coming in, and then looking at it written down on a piece of paper. So sometimes that is the hardest thing is just getting all of those numbers on one piece of paper. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a lot, kind of compiling <laughs> all of that stuff. Even just listening, you're like, oh man, that can be so overwhelming. And then I think people also bring a lot of maybe some past experience with money or baggage or, you know, you kind of talked about like what you were taught as a kid. So how do you look at your plan objectively and kind of take out that emotional or judgmental piece so that way you can move forward? You know, I've always heard somebody say that whenever you want to deal with a problem, not a problem, a challenge that you're facing with yourself, approach it as if it was a different person. So I was talking to a coworker the other day and I said, you know, when a patient comes into our hospital and they present with whatever illness situation is going on in their body, we don't judge what's happening. We assess, we, we go around and we figure out what is happening, why is it happening, when did it start happening, and we try to figure out how we can help them. And I think if we approach our finances in that same way, where rather than judging or pointing out who did what wrong when, we just assess what's happening, why is it happening, how did it start happening, and we approach it with that non-judgmental approach, it can be easier to actually address. Because when we bring those judgment approaches, emotions to the situation, it usually just ends up repelling us from not even wanting to do anything with this. We just get overwhelmed and frustrated and then we just give up and we don't move forward. So I think approaching it as though, let's pretend this is somebody else. This finance situation that I might be in, this is somebody else that I'm going to help them. So that might be a great way to approach it. Yeah, I love that. And I think, I mean, it can even get kind of complicated in layers if you have a spouse or a partner and how what they're coming into the situation with as far as their thoughts and opinions on how it can work. So I like the idea of kind of distancing yourself and thinking about it as another person or even, I mean, if I thought about it as my friend, mm -hmm. I would be way less judgmental yes. of my finances and, you know, what we spent money on or this and that. So mm -hmm. yeah, I love that. Okay. So you have kind of your big picture view of your finances. Mm -hmm. Where do we go from there? What's the next step? So after we've identified our goals, we've identified our expenses and our income, what's going out, what's coming in, then we would start looking at, okay, this is what's going out, what's coming in. Let's, let's put together a plan for the month. So I think a lot of people sometimes think, oh, I need to like plan out every, again, everything or nothing. Let's, let's start where we are. Let's plan out a month. Because the other big goal is if you do have bills or payments, we want them to get paid on time or early. We don't want them getting paid late because when you pay late, you pay a late tax. It's called a late fee. And we don't like those fees because we don't want to spend $35 every time we forgot to pay somebody on time. So I think it's putting things in order so that they can get paid either early or on time. Yes. For those, I think automation is key. I love yes. just having them all automated so I don't have to remember. So there's not a stack of bills piling up in mm -hmm. my pile in the kitchen. Well, and also part of that evaluation, when you've looked at everything that's going out, 
you might actually notice like, wow, we have six streaming channels we're paying for right now. Who's watching these? And you might be like, wow, nobody's even signed into these accounts. What are we doing? And the, the great news about the time we live in right now, because I remember a time when you used to have to commit to cable or um, internet TV for like six months to a year or even two years before you could cancel. You can cancel most of these at any time. You just pay month by month. So part of that is also evaluating what's going out and is it necessary for me anymore? Is it still valuable? Because if it's not valuable and necessary, then what are, what are we paying for it for? Um, and then to your point, automation, when we put things on automatically, don't forget to write down what's automatically coming out of those accounts. Also communicating if you have another person that's in your in your budget, if you've got a child or a significant other who is, you know, tacking on their expenses into your accounts, making sure that all of you are communicating with what's happening in the plan. Yeah, so there's definitely kind of a lot of layers, a lot of complexity there. Do you have certain resources that you typically point people to to help them organize all of this? So normally when somebody says something like, I want to start working on a budget, again, not a financial advisor or financial planner, but there are so many great free resources out there on the internet. There is, there is Mint, there's Every Dollar, there's a whole lot of free apps that will help you do budgeting. And, and the cool thing about them is some of them will even help you categorize like what they are in because it might shock you to see why is 30% of my money going to, my, going to food? Like that's a big one. That's always an opportunity that we see in people's budgets is, is I'm eating out all the time and eating out is expensive to your waistline and your wallet. So it's, it's a great place to find some great tools, but then you could also potentially find um, great calculators out there about, you know, what are some recommendations for how much you should spend in each category so that you can feel like you're not overspending, but then also debt payoff calculators. You can see, how soon can I get out of some of these decisions that I've made as in debts? How can I get out of them as, as quickly as possible or in a way that still allows me to live? So what are some of the recommendations as far as, you know, how much, what percentage of your budget goes to food? So that's a very specific question because I think, again, it points back to what's important to you. So I've seen a lot of recommendations on percentages. I've seen a lot of them where they'll say things like, 50% of your budget should be going to needs, of which housing, transportation, food, and clothing is part of that. About 30% should be going to wants. So we're, so we're prioritizing as far as needs, wants. And then I've even heard some people say 20% towards either savings or investment. But ultimately, when you hear some of these percentages, you can get really overwhelmed because you're thinking, well, if, if my budget is we don't even know where it is because there might not be one. You're like, wow, how am I going to get to that point? So I think the first thing is figuring out where you are and finding opportunities to trim back so that you're not spending all of your money, what's not important to you. Because the other thing I found with these percentages that I think is important is what's important to me might not be what's important to you and what might not be what's important to somebody else. So I think it's important that every person understands this is what's important to me and that I'm making my money line up with what's important to me because sometimes what ends up happening is we end up spending money on what's not even important to us. It just happened by accident or by subscription or I signed up for this one time and then I forgot to not sign up for this thing. Yeah, I think that's really common. I hope my husband is listening to this because <laughs> we might be falling prey to some of those subscriptions. 
Okay, so you have kind of your overview snapshot of what's going on. You have your budget. So say you find some opportunities where you can cut back. Maybe you only eat out, you know, a couple times a week versus every day. And you have that extra money. Do you have recommendations on, you know, what goals to tackle first? Because I, you know, people probably have multiple goals. Maybe it's pay down debt, save mm-hmm. for an emergency fund, and buy a house or something. Mm-hmm. How do you put money towards each one or prioritize those things? That is a great question. So I have read so many books and so many different experts. I'm a lover of education and reading and finance. And so I've heard so many different ways. Um, But one thing that I think is true is that I think the reason a lot of us find ourselves in the financial situations we're in is because we don't have enough money on hand. So in my, Rebecca's opinion, I, I think we need to prioritize savings. I think we need to make savings a habit and to your point automatic so when we were even trying to pay off debt we decided up front you know what we're going to make savings an automatic behavior so we set up a savings account totally different bank that i don't have a debit card to because it's too easy to take that money out and so it's automatically sent there by payroll every single paycheck parts of it goes to that savings account on purpose to grow because when it's automatic it doesn't require my involvement to make it happen But then I do think it's important, again, to prioritize what's important because you can't necessarily commit to 17 different goals all at the same time. Like that's overwhelming to even think about, let alone trying to tackle. So I think it's let's prioritize what's most important. I think having savings on hand is important. I know that a lot of people that are in finance would say, well, then what about the, you know, you're losing the value of it because inflation is higher than than a savings account percentage, and that's absolutely correct right now. We're experiencing that, again, not a financial advisor. But at the same time, if we had cash on hand, I think we might make some different decisions about our money. And I think that's what everyone has to decide what's important for them is having some money on hand brings a level of peace of mind. It brings a level of confidence in making decisions. And that's what we want. We want some wellness around our finances. We don't want to be stressed about is everything going to get paid on time? Is there going to be enough money for food, enough money for gas, enough money for rent or housing or whatever, so that when we come to work, we can truly be at work. We can give our best to our patients and our families and our coworkers. And that's what I think financial wellness is about, is being able to bring all of yourself here to work, not worrying about whether or not your finances are being taken care of. So definitely, if debt is a high priority, then let's put together a plan Let's put some of it towards debt, but let's also put some of it towards savings as well, because that brings a level of freedom that paying off debt simply doesn't give you, in my personal opinion. I love that. So kind of going along with that, how does making a financial plan empower you to be your best self? It helps you to be your best self because, again, when you come to work, you want to bring all of your mind to doing the task at hand. And as you know, when it comes to wellness, if a part of your body is aching, you're not all really there. If something's going on in your mind or you're struggling with a relationship or a situation, all of you isn't there. And if your finances are struggling, you really aren't all there. I think they call it presenteeism is a big deal when you're at work, but you're really not all at work because we can't compartmentalize parts of our lives into work. So we can't say, well, only my work-related part of me is going to show up today. No, your work-related part is connected to your financial part, it's connected to your 
health part, it's connected to your emotional part, it's connected to every part of you. So that's part of your wellness. And so I had a great conversation once with the physician and he always said that when it comes to life, it, your, your life needs to be like a stool. And in order for a stool to work, every leg has to be the same length. So it has to be balanced. So I can't just be all, I'm going to take care of my health, my physical health, but not my emotional health. Or I'm going to take care of my emotional health, but I'm not going to take care of my relationships. Every part of me needs to be balanced, including my financial life. I absolutely agree. And I think that's a great note to end on. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us today. Thank you for having me. For more information about Children's Hospital and Medical Center, visit childrensomaha.org. Thanks for listening to Healing Hearts, empowering critical care providers.